0: I am unashamed. What about you? Now I'm at this stage Sinister. now where it was I was the last thing I remember would be being on the couch thinking about going to bed. Now the last thing I remember from last night is pulling in the carport and I actually <laughs> ate supper. I have no knowledge. I remember Missy's season blackout was moving, and it's like uh, (laughs) she kept saying, Go to bed, go to bed. So I vaguely remember that, but it was foggy. So, what we've been doing the last three days, and we have a guest, Sloan Brown. You're like the marketing
1: of hunting for Yeti? Yeah, so we have community marketing and. and we started with hunt fish. Now we've got ranch and rodeo, beer and barbecue, music, really? and
0: so
2: yeah. I focus on the hunting community. Um, okay. And, and you somehow have, that you, you led have a you cool name, it. Sloan yeah. Brown is a cool name. I mean, they there could be a song. Is that your real name or <laughs> is that your real marketing? Name. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's not my marketing <laughs> <That's> name. <laughs> I didn't know marketers <laughs> change their names. Most though. of the time, it's a girl's
1: name. That's what I get. But really? so you you came like
0: from that. your parents said Sloan Brown, Sloan so that you man. had that marketing. Gene, because it's like Phil. I, I've heard the story. What he wanted to name me originally, you know, he let Side name me. Yeah, yeah that's a famous story. But he told me one time. He said, "You better be glad Cy si named you, because I was going to name you Ludd." <laughs> you remember that? When you tell me that, I don't remember. Ludd, the Duds. <laughs> just thought Ludd.
3: But Sloan I Brown was. Like- was a, I think there was a. Uncle Ken folks, Ludd Childs. I, I, I knew that was a history. <laughs> that's the
2: worst name I've ever, well, no offense to my long-lost cousin. <laughs> you know, I, and
0: Missy, that's a touchy subject, and I brought up that point one time. I said, well, my dad wanted to name me
2: Lud, and she was like, oh, good Greek. It's a miracle that you're even alive. So I just—I mean, this just has a ring to it. It Could be like a Jim Croce song, you know, "Bad, Bad Sloan Brown." Yeah, hey, I like it. But look,
0: so describe because look, we've been filming three days, and I'm not real sure what we're doing. but, <laughs> yes, we're, but we're doing it. So we're doing t- it. So t-
1: but slow knows what are what are the point? What would you call this? First of all, what we're doing. So we have a series of films that we call Yeti Presents, and they're usually stories about people, uh, very little emphasis on product, and and we just like to tell stories. So this is going to be a portrait of the Robertson family, um, starting from the beginning and and Phil doing what he was doing and kind of being revolutionary and starting Duckman. And then – Kind of all the way to where it, to where you guys are now, and and your connection with the land and everything like that. So okay. we're really excited about you it. You release them? It's on your website. Is that yeah? They'll be on YouTube. We'll also do like a film okay. tour probably for it. So yeah, I got
0: so I have to confess, and you probably noticed, this has brought back memories of when we used to do this little TV show that people watched, and I'm like, because now every time I turn around, so so yesterday they're like, <laughs> hey, let's go down. We want to show you scouting, and so I did the little scout. Well then this guy uh Ben he has two red lights. He's in another boat and he starts like doing air traffic control <laughs> and I'm like what is he wanting me to do cuz he was like oh, over and so finally I turn the motor on and he's like come get these red lights. Because <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't hear him because of the motor. So I put the so light. You were, you can were, I share this? I oh yeah. want to share cool. your secrets. Of no, no, no. So I get in the boat. I have the red light, and they're like, drive. Well, here's the, here's the funny part. I I take off wide open. I can't see. It, and it's dark yeah. already on the lights. And they're like, hold, hold, keep going. <laughs> and I, So anyway, we did all that. But when I got to the bank, they showed me. What it looked like, and the and it looked like uh, the movie I thought of was Blade Runner. It looked like some kind of uh, futuristic guy going to hunt the. What, what were they? Uh, you remember that movie?
2: Oh yeah, the some kind of not not human people, whatever the I thought you were a Blade Runner guy. No, I mean I I like the original. Yeah, yeah, that was it. Yeah. That, that's they what were, I felt they were like. robots that's, so, what we're,
0: that's
1: what we're going for like blade I, runner is in the theme of this film we oh, want it to thought, look like that oh boy
0: they're making this bigger out than i i thought well, but I,
2: was, I told missy we might have to get some more posters or whatever <laughs> i feel sorry for your crew though because i know the unashamed audience will be shocked but when jace gets on a film shoot like this it takes about six hours for him then to be the the new director of everything, I mean, he's lining up shots. You do this, go here, go that. I think so. I've done that the whole time. <laughs> he's done it the whole time, but it's been very helpful for us too. He is. he, he knows Al, his stuff. I, I agree. I'm, I'm well, just saying. What do you have? Look, years of experience with a camera in your face. They
0: had a guy filming. The intern was was filmed. <laughs> Can I share this? Yeah. I don't want to share no, too much no, it's of fine. the details. It's fine. And he's, he's. They said, "Oh, he's an intern. He'll get it." He's outside the blind. Well, I shoot down a duck right toward him, and so I get out of the blind. I'm chasing this duck, but the duck stays. In between me and him, so you can't shoot. He's him. filming it. Yeah, but I'm like, your life right now is in danger because <laughs> legally I have to take this duck out, but by doing so, I will take you out. So that's breaking another law. So I had to wait. <laughs> well, so, is it really though? I mean, I mean, he's, he's in a, an intern. <laughs> he's an intern. If I you shoot an say, intern, is it turn, a good? turn the other way and cover up? <laughs> so look, the duck turns turns the right, and I said, I'm fixed to shoot this gun in silence. I said, "I will be shooting around you," and this innocent voice. Where's he from? Where's the intern? Uh, oh. Thibodeau, Louisiana. Thibodeau, Louisiana. He went. Do you have to? <laughs>
1: <So> I shoot. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
3: the funniest thing that that's I've right. ever experienced a have film to film shoot.
0: <laughs> so I shot the duck, and of course, then he said, "That was that was intense." You know, I was like, "Yeah, not
3: every day do you have a gun discharging." You were finishing off a cripple, right? Yeah,
0: I was off by the law, and I got him, and he was safe, and I, I knew the distance away, but it was still scary if you're not used to people <laughs> shooting shotguns. In your general direction, and he was far enough away, uh, away where I was like, "This is safe." But it, it probably From time sounded to time, scary. There
3: is a sphincter tightening moment, <laughs> <laughs> if you understand what I'm saying. Yeah, that was one of those. Moments. That, that was was one him. of them. So we've you had know, a- you see a man pointing a shotgun at, <laughs> in close proximity to you. You know, a duck swimming. I mean, yeah. Well, yeah. You, your line was, "I was just sitting and listening, watching the, the thing unfold." You said, "I see you." Yeah, you said I see you. That means I know I know what yeah, I'm doing.
0: I, here. Oh, okay. Well, thanks because I let him know I see you. I'm going to shoot around you. There's certain, but amount I,
3: of, certain amount of ricochets and first one, dang you that's considered. like a,
0: on
2: Avatar.
3: That was like a, a love greeting or something. Right. I see.
0: You. I just know that camera people are not used to hunting situations. And right. if you were standing right where he was, you would have said, "Go ahead." Because no. we, I know this is safe, I even though it I seems. Would've, I
3: would have been down low, low on the ground, <laughs> <laughs> no matter what you said. Preferably what? a log close by. It <laughs>
0: happens all the time. I was, the other day, I was it's gathering. Coming. I was gathering the ducks, and I said, "I'm outside the blind, but I was 80 yards away." Yeah. And feels like, oh, we see you, we see you. I saw two ducks come in their direction. I turned the other way, went down, and it was. Boom, 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 boom!
1: It's a different sound when you're on the other end. Now <laughs> oh, that's when you're hearing them fall
3: yeah, around. Like, hey, we were shooting over you I said, No, we're good. I ran well, down a cripple Woody about an hour ago, no more than an hour. <laughs> the watch. So there's no watch. The there's no watch. <laughs> that's, that's for <laughs> drama. The ducks fall. The duck fell out there. So that we didn't have a dog with us today. So I get out of the blind and I'm moving through the brush as fast as I can, and it, it is thick. And So I could see up ahead of me. The duck would dive, and I'd move in, try to get a little closer. The duck would dive, but the brush it's so thick, vines grabbing me. I just kept going, kept going. But finally, everything got quiet. No duck, nothing. And I thought, well, old Woody slicked me on that one. So I just was easing back from where I came from out of the duck blind. The water was about, about knee deep, a little deeper. And I just happened to look over there And the duck was just sitting there, right in that thick brush. Oh, yeah. He's playing possum. Playing possum. So I did, boom, boom. It's (laughs) it's loud in that, you know, just took the thing's head off. Possum (laughs) game over.
0: Yep. Yep. Yeah. Well, look, I I asked Sloan to be here, and, you know, we go back. I guess I don't want to put a date on it. We go back. The first event that we did together, it was me, you, and Si. That's where I met you. Yep. And uh, I think we were in Richmond, Virginia, at a yep. sporting goods store. But, and we had a nice turnout of people who liked the show. And, but I heard your story, and uh, and trust me, that's I think that's what formed our per- partnership. Uh, I mean, we're we work hard, we try to make a living. We've lived off the land. Uh, we understand business. Willie probably way more than us. But really, it's about people. And so I asked you to be here. I was like, you need to share your story on the podcast. And, uh, cause really that is what life is about is relationships. So tell us, because it's, it's amazing to me that here you are, which I would think, you know, being the head of marketing, hunting for Yeti is kind of a big deal. Mm -hmm. And so when I asked you, I think I just said in the, we were sitting at a parking lot, uh, you had gotten us some lunch or whatever because there was a lot of fans around, so we literally ate lunch in the parking lot. And I, I think I said, "What's your story?" And uh, after you told it, I was like, "Whoa!" <laughs> so, <clears throat> so how would you how would you share that? Just or or and, you know, it reminded me of my dad. And uh, so, how, how do you wind up here? I mean, tell hey, us. Hang about
2: on, son. Let's let's take a break and go.
1: Yeah. Uh, I would say I ended up here by divine intervention. Yeah. I wouldn't be here if, if it weren't for God. Um, I grew up in West Texas, um, middle class, upper middle class family. Dad's a dentist, mom's a dietitian. Um My parents got divorced when I was 11, and, and that definitely, like— shook my foundation yeah. quite a bit, but well, that's a key age. Yeah. Right yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I look at life when I look at life, it's, it's time stamped by pre-divorce, post-divorce. And I think that's common amongst children of divorced parents. Um, yeah. but I don't think that that's the reason that I ended up using drugs and alcohol. Um, but anyways, no trauma. And I know that that is, that's rampant amongst drug addicts. Um, mm-hmm. and it's really, really sad, but, um, so when did that start? I mean, what- I, I took my first pill when I was 14 years old, Mm -hmm. and and I remember vividly that moment. It was an anti-anxiety pill. Um, My friend was prescribed, and I remember that feeling of like, ah, like I am comfortable in my own skin for the very first time, so much so that my dad came and picked me up from my friend's house, and I almost told him, Dad, like I need a prescription for this because I feel so right Mm -hmm. in the world, And, and I hadn't ever felt that way in my entire life. Yeah. Um, and, and I, I didn't know I was in trouble at that point. I didn't know I was a drug addict, but fast forward, you know, it just, it leads into the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. I was doing cocaine in high school a lot, like yeah. so much so that when I got went to college, I was, I was like, I could never do cocaine again and I would be okay. I was tired of it. Mm. Um, but I got into pain pills, which is so common. I think that we have a serious issue in this country with that. And no doubt. I mean, doctors are writing scripts left and right and the, big farm has their you know their pad in the pockets of everybody and it's a it's a bad deal yeah
0: and Um, i'm you remember me telling you about our cousin who we lost last year it's been about two 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 years years. and uh and it started with prescribed you know pills for anxiety Mm -hmm. and he he literally went down the the trying to find a of course thick. fentanyl was the
2: the final nail, yeah, you know, which which is an end of life drug, and that's oh, yeah. what it was designed for so and, and he ended his life literally just because he knew he was going to prison okay? yeah so
0: so we're, how are you hiding all this you know from your family? And-
2: yeah, I, yeah, I'm one of those guys that
1: is I, I care about my um what people think of me um, and so I, I did well in high school. um I graduated the top six percent of my class, went to Auburn University. Did pretty well there my first few years, um, and
0: but still doing drugs and
1: yeah, but but not really bad. Mm-hmm. Um, about my sophomore year of college, it got really bad, everyday use, um, and then it was oxycontin. Um, and word kind of got around amongst my my tight friends because nobody was n- nobody I grew up with was okay with drugs and alcohol like that. Yeah, uh, so I had a really small circle that was, and then the larger circle was not. So. I hid it for a long time and outwardly looking in, you probably wouldn't have known. Mm-hmm. Um, but word got around amongst my friends and I woke up in my apartment when my dad and brother were there in Auburn, Alabama, and it was an intervention.
2: Mm-hmm. Okay.
1: And they were, they said, you're either cut off or you're going to go to treatment, which that is like, to be able to afford to go to a treatment center is it's truly like, it's amazing if anybody has the opportunity to do it because mm-hmm. a lot of people don't, and it's really difficult if you don't. Mm-hmm. Um, so I agreed to go, but I didn't want to stop, you know. I, yeah. I thought that I just had a problem with, with pain pills, and I wasn't willing. They told me I had to quit everything, and I, I just wasn't wasn't willing at that point. And so my dad came and picked me up at the end of my 45 days, and he was inside talking to the doctors about anti-relapse medication and filling out paperwork. And I looked in the back seat, and he's got a briefcase. My grandmother had just had surgery, and he'd filled her, her pain pill prescription for her. And I hmm. look out in the back seat. I'm still inside the treatment center. I pick up the bottle of pills and get high before I even left.
2: Wow. And, and it w-
1: didn't even register to me. Like I, I didn't realize, I still didn't realize, you
2: know, yeah.
1: how strong of a grasp this thing had on me. Um, so fast forward, I'm I'm back at college and I'm, you know, I'm off the wagon. I'm, I'm bad. Um, and at that time I think they had kind of changed Oxycontin or tried to pull it off the market or something. And I was introduced to heroin for my first time. It was actually mm. the girl, the, the girl that I kissed, my very first kiss. Really? shot me up with heroin for the first time. Mm. Um, mm. And it was off to the stupid races after that. It was bad.
0: So that just became more and more. Mm-hmm.
1: Every day. Um, people get hooked on heroin. They usually wind up in the ground oh, or yeah. in jail. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm a small fraction of the population that's alive after you yeah. try it. Um, so I was at home for a summer and uh, went over to my heroin dealer's house, which is in the ghetto of my hometown. Bad, bad place. Um, and I did a shot of heroin in their house and it was a bigger shot than I was used to. And I, I fell out, um, Mm -hmm. on their kitchen floor. They drug me out to the street. I was lifeless, turning blue. And they called, uh, the hospital, 911. Mm -hmm. And the ambulance picked me up. Luckily, I was like three blocks from, from the hospital. Uh, Otherwise I'd be dead. Mm -hmm. Um, and I woke up in the ICU with my, my family standing over me crying. And, Mm -hmm. And that was the first time that I saw like i was like okay not only am i killing myself but i'm i am killing my family just as much yeah, yeah. and and that was my first moment where i was like i got to get this under control i got to change um and so i went to treatment Um, and, and wanted to get sober and and was doing all the right things. But I was, I I got out and I was living in a sober house and just things didn't feel right. You know, they say Mm -hmm. sobriety is like a jacket. You got to try it on several times. Um, yeah. And I couldn't find a job and I just felt useless. And instead of talking to somebody about it, I ended up getting high. I got kicked out of, of the house. Um, ended up back in school, just not doing well. Um, Mm -hmm. using a lot of, a lot of drugs, like really, really scary high numbers. Um, and, uh, I, I was like, I, I got to get out of Auburn. I got to make a change because I'm dying. I knew I was dying. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the thing that ultimately brought me to my knees, like I think everybody has to hit a level of pain yeah. before it kicks them into action. And, and this thing takes action. Mm-hmm. Um, was, was I felt all alone, like entirely alone. No friends. Nobody wanted to hang out with me. I, I'd stolen from people. i lied to everybody. Like I, was, I felt like I was on an island alone. Yeah. And that's what what brought me to my knees, ultimately. Yeah. Um, and so I went to treatment for the third summer in a row. I always joke that I was on our camper three summers in a row at a rehab, <laughs> same rehab place. Because if you're not laughing about it, you know, it's just... Yeah. But, I mean, uh, it's not funny, but I think you have to laugh because it's like, what am I doing? Yeah. Yeah. It yeah. just shows the insanity of this thing. And, and I believe that addiction is a disease. It's it's yeah. in the DCIM, which is basically the encyclopedia of, of medicine. Um, yeah. But it's the only disease that tricks you into believing that you don't have it. You know, it's it's very mental. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. and, and if you're an addict or an alcoholic, you don't have a choice to say no. Like, you are just going to do it if it's in front of you. Yeah, at some point it just takes over. Yeah. And so um, they sent me out to Colorado after that last stint in treatment. And I, I was like, y- you tell me what I need to do and I'll do it. You know, at that point I would do anything to stay sober. Um, And I still will. Um, so I, I got, it, it was a, it's a, like a, a peer driven treatment center and it's all about reintroducing you to life and showing you that you can have fun. Because in my mind, i had always thought like, Man, I'm doomed with this thing. I can't have fun anymore. My yeah, real, highlight of my real life is, is going. Yeah, I'm going to yeah. be making h- coffee for my twelve step meeting for the rest of my life, and that's going to be it. You know, <laughs> but I got in with a really good crew, and uh, we started fishing all the time and hunting all the time on public land in Colorado, and and I just fell in love with the outdoors. And and I'd always I grew up hunting and fishing, but mm-hmm. it, it meant more to me at that point. It was kind of. My escape. It was my church. It was my healing. It was my place of peace. Mm-hmm. Um, it was my connection to God. That's how I see God. You know, I may have a different view of, mm-hmm. than, of God than you guys do, but mm-hmm. but that's where I see Him and that's where I visit Him.
0: Yeah. Well, it reminded me of my the story that happened to me because you know Phil fell off the wagon. Yeah, he's written several books about it, and I didn't really believe in God, and and. You know, I had issues even though we were small kids, though. But when I saw my dad's transformation, you know, part of his new life was taking his kids hunting. Because mm-hmm. it, it, what's weird to me is when you said that about being alone. You know, Phil wound up in the same place. He he was alone, estranged from his family, which was a major draw, which opened his heart. You know, to hearing about Jesus. But I discovered that same. Thought in the outdoors because I was like, "Well, I wonder who made this." It it, it it just made me look at it from a different perspective. As is, is there some something out here? Mm-hmm. But that's why when you told that story, I was like, even though it's a different path, different stories, we got outdoors mm-hmm. of all places, and and found some peace.
1: Yeah. Uh, so
0: what well, well, I
2: thought it was interesting <clears throat> was when you said. That the tipping point was the the lonely mm-hmm. place you were, and then when you f- started finding a pathway with community, because you mentioned these peers, and I think that's so important because I think obviously suicide is a, is a you know the numbers are up so much for just what you described because that's when you're at the crossroads, you, you really had a <clears throat> had a choice about am I going to end this you know or, or just do the drugs into death. Or am I going to try to seek out some way out of this place? <clears throat> and it takes community to be able to do that.
1: Absolutely. Community I mean, it to has key. to happen. But I'll also say a 12-step program is key. I, there's yeah. no way. I mean, the, the way they break it down is if you're a drug addict, you have a spiritual void. You were born with basically a hole. Correct. And, and, and your, solution, your solution is drugs. And, right. and for mm-hmm. a long time, it works. Until it doesn't, and then. Yeah. And so the whole 12-step program... <laughs> somebody's
0: calling 911 saying, we got a blue guy yeah. out there on the sidewalk. <laughs> <ball." guy>.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, but the whole concept of the 12-step program is clear the wreckage of your past, trust in God, and, and once you start handling all those fears and resentments mm-hmm. and everything like that that blocks you from the sunlight of the Spirit, right. you take care of that, you yeah. right your wrongs, you let, you know... Got in and 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 he fills changes. the void and, and that feeling of alone, yeah, it vanishes, yeah, it's yeah. gone, right? You know, and and then you're and then you've got a good community and, right. and you never feel. alone. We
2: have a really strong uh, CR program here, our church. We have probably about fourteen houses here, and so people come. They're sort of like mm-hmm. what you described in Colorado. We have that mm-hmm. here in West Monroe. And that's what I notice about these guys. And, you know, not everybody makes it, obviously. There's people that go back. But the ones that do, it's that bond they make with one another. And then I watch how they deal with that with each other. And then I watch these leaders emerge out of those that are just, I mean, they just, they're just they gifted to be able to help other people. And so I, I, I watch it all the time here, and, and so I see that. And so was, your story is so descriptive yeah. of that. And I'm so glad that there are places and people that have committed themselves to Provide a pathway for you and a lot of other people like you. And yeah. and
1: that's the whole thing, too, is how you continue this on is is working with other addicts right. and alcoholics. Right. And, and that was like, that was my, when I was doing my moral inventory and realized that I was fear-based and, and, and everything went back to being being scared of being alone, Right, that was like a big moment. But then when I saw the, the lights come on for another alcoholic and drug addict, yep. that's when it was like, yeah. I'm on fire. It. It. Well, that's why... Uh...
0: <laughs> I think the best therapy is trying to help other people. And, you know, I asked you to come on, and you, you kind of hesitated for a second and said, yeah, I'll do it. And it's not like you go around. I mean, we described your job and uh, share this, but you said, you know, if I if I can help anybody not go down that road, mm-hmm. I'll do it. And so I just want to thank you for your courage. I know it's not easy. Uh, yeah, he told me, he I now, look, my, I, I, made, I made some really bad decisions. I was hooked on heroin,
2: <laughs> and I was like, uh, I don't know. We, we've heard, we, we've had some. Well, some... I can promise you this, Sloan. I, I, we have a large audience, and I can guarantee you, you helped someone today. I, mean, I hope I, so. Yeah, we, yeah. We'll hear back that you helped someone. So. Share the stories. I, w- I love hearing them. It's the, I always say, don't be stingy with the victories of God, and you're a victory yeah. of God.
3: Also. I'd like to add, <clears throat> on the way out over those old Sloan, let no debt remain outstanding except the continuing debt to love one another. For he who loves his fellow man has fulfilled the law, every little command. The commandments do not commit adultery, do not murder, do not steal, do not covet. Whatever other commandments there may be are summed up in this one rule. Love your neighbor as yourself. You were referring to it as community. Mm -hmm. Love does no harm to its neighbor
2: yeah
3: it's the hardest lesson for human beings to learn It is. they they get so into themselves and they just are worried about their next high they don't give a flip about anybody on so. their right or left or even there's themselves. no love there's no love, yeah. there's no yeah. love in them yeah. and you right. say <laughs> but somehow or another when you sit down and start listening to people and learning to trust people you begin to get on your feet and uh Therefore, love is the fulfillment of the law. In other words, instead of getting up and saying, well, "I got to make sure I don't kill anybody today," I got to make sure I don't steal from somebody <laughs> today. I sure have to make sure that I don't commit sexual immorality with anybody today. If you just love your neighbor, those all things, those things yeah. will
0: just go away. Yeah, That's That's a valid true. point. Well, thanks for being
1: here,
2: Slim. Yeah,
1: thanks for having me, guys. Appreciate Let's take a, it. a break.
2: So uh, we're always looking for ways to save money. Jace, would you like to put an extra $961 in your pocket this year? Well, possibly. (laughs) It doesn't (laughs) involve playing cards. Uh, It's about saving money on car insurance. So there's one of our sponsors, Hmm. Gabby Insurance is what's called, G-A-B-I. And basically, they go out and look and get quotes from you to save you money. Uh, on your insurance, which is really good, so and on average they save a person nine hundred and sixty-one dollars. Really? Yeah, it's pretty good. A lot yeah, of people are just spending money; they don't
0: have to. Seem like that? It just rounded up. Yeah. <laughs> well, that lets you know it's
2: true because they would have yeah. just said a thousand bucks. Yeah. Uh, so here's what you want to do if you uh, want to check this out and save yourself some money if you're overpaying on your car or your home insurance, uh, they can and it's free to check these guys out. So you go to Gabby dot com. That's G-A-B-I dot com slash unashamed. That's Gabby dot com slash unashamed. And find out if you can save yourself a few dollars. Not maybe 961.
0: Well, it was interesting, you know. They wanted us to film this this movie that he described. I didn't really want to do it. But I thought, well, they've been good to us. We've had a history with them. And We've
2: been with them for for a few years almost 10 years yeah because that that like that, that the worst commercial which turned out to be great because it was so bad it was one of those the yeah. the one old commercial from 2012 but
0: you know it's always this deal about it's it's not about money or it's like you know we're, we're gonna do this will make a, a, a film and in your honor and i'm like well what exactly do we get out of this and they're like oh you know the notoriety what i was <laughs> so,
3: <laughs> so
0: so what's interesting? last time i checked uh, we were pretty well, well so i but you know i saw one of the films they did and i thought this is pretty good so it's, i still it, haven't so, watched one of uh, those jay was telling me how oh, they're they good yeah. they're good they tell stories about people in, in life and in the outdoors but what the turnaround was for him is when i was like hey you need to share your, come be on the podcast
2: and share your story. Well, he thought I was kidding. You know, was like, "Yeah, yeah." Well, I sent you a text and I was like, "Can we have the yeti guy?" I didn't even remember his name at that time. Yeah. I said, Can "We have the yeti guy on the podcast because I thought it'd be because yeah. we're doing the podcast. I knew we were going to talk about what y'all were doing this."
0: And he said, "Well, you know, I don't, I don't like go around and tour." I was like, "What's I got to do with this day?" <laughs> I was like, and he's like, "Well, I mean, you know, I have. I said, if you ever shared your story, before? he's like, "Yeah, many times." I was like, "Well, how how did it go?" He said it went it went well. I was like, "Well, come come for the notoriety of it." <laughs> <laughs> you put it back on him. <laughs> and I said, "You know, seriously." I was like, well, "We it's an epidemic in our world. This drug. Uh, there are people."
2: Well, and I didn't know everything. you said. I was just thinking we were going to talk about what you know, the project, and you said, "Well, he's got a story." So I, then I got excited, but I didn't know his story until he just told it. But what I love about it is, it's a, obviously we have a, a large audience. I know there's people on our audience that are probably either are struggling or have struggled. Oh, with Just I've what he his story. thousands, By, thousands.
3: Exactly.
2: Well, but here's what I and we can't it, always speak to it out of our own experiences. I and mean, we talk about some lifestyle stuff, but obviously, what he described was being at the point of death multiple times Mm -hmm. and you know it's just hard for us to imagine what that's like well if
0: you're if you're listening to this and you're like because i appreciate y'all you know allow me to do this but i just thought to myself a lot of times you know we talk about jesus that's what we're all about forgiveness hope redemption the resurrection the forever family all these principles that you have in jesus but a lot of times people have difficulty in life thinking well, I can never go get a real job. Yep. They're like, okay, I can be forgiven. And I, but they've made so many mistakes. I mean, this guy was shooting up heroin mm-hmm. for years. You just never would think that he would rise to be an imported executive in a multi-billion dollar company. Right. And so I just thought it was an interesting angle, which is what my thinking was. Right. I was like, here's a guy that when I said, what's your story? The last thing. Because I've been around these types of guys for the last forty years, <laughs> but there was something uh,
2: about him that drew me to him. Tell him what the what you noticed and why you asked him the question. Yeah, that was this,
0: this is uh we said this after after he he left because he's they're actually going to film. We're still uh, filming. Uh, having a meal together, <laughs> so he's like, hey, you know, I hope that went well, but I need to go. He, and he did have a watch film. <laughs> but when I met him the first time, so Cy si and I meet him in in Richmond, and he said, we're going to go to a restaurant and get to know each other before we do the event the next day. Well, we go to the restaurant, and I've told you all many times, you know, I don't have a problem with drunkenness. I've never been drunk in my life. I have a lot of problems, just like everybody else. I'm a sinner. That is not one of them. I waited till I was 30 before I ever even tasted alcohol outside of NyQuil. Which, because some people say you can't have a drop of alcohol, you, you know the wine that Jesus turned from water—it wasn't it, really wine; it, it wasn't fermented—and and I'm like, have you ever drank Nyquil? And they're like, uh-oh, <laughs> <laughs> there's more.
3: <laughs> so there's more alcohol. I, I <laughs> was just
0: you know making that point, but but we went to the restaurant and they had all their team and there were people and there were guests and it was me and Sy. Si. And there were two people that did not have a drink at the table.
2: But well, three, if Si was there.
0: Well, Si was drinking his tea, but I'm not. Yeah. I don't count Si because what <laughs> that tea is not. No, I'm not sure what's in there. But it could be laced with something. I never thought it's, about this.
3: It's, it's non-alcohol. That's <laughs> for sure. Well, I was kidding. It is good.
0: But and I I wasn't counting Si, so I guess there was three. of them Because Si had his little. Well, club. I didn't
2: want to say that, and then yeah. somebody said, "Oh, what about
0: my uncle I si? was." Yeah, he, he there? don't. He he, he, he doesn't wasn't drink. drinking either. But so me, but at the, and Si was kind of at the.
2: He was down there telling tales. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he,
0: he was, wasn't even involved, but Si wasn't drinking. So me and this guy. Now, I didn't drink because when I go to events like that, even though I am I feel I am free to have a drink, I don't do it because when I gather in those places, if someone who has a problem with it is there, I want them to have a buddy because I don't have a problem with it. I don't really like the taste of alcohol. I will drink an occasional glass of wine or, you know, two beers a year. And I think I'm free to do so. But in those moments, and I and I just noticed that he didn't he did he did he was he was drinking water and tea. And so that's why when I got in the vehicle, I said, "What's your story?" Because I just thought that was unusual. And boy, He told me what uh, what he just shared. He showed a shorter version of it, but and I thought, wow! I just thought, what an interesting thing to openly share. And he's a young guy. Yeah, I don't. I'm not sure how old he is, but I thought, man he 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 did something. There was a transformation happen, which was hard enough. And now he's worked his tail off, and he's climbed up the ladder at, at this. <clears throat> this huge company. I thought, what?
3: What an impressive testimony! The Apostle Paul. Hang on, Dad. Let's take a break before you read that. He said, first to those in Damascus, Acts twenty six twenty. If you if you've followed along, then to those in Jerusalem, and in all Judea, and to the Gentiles also. He's saying, here is what I tell everybody. I preach that they should repent. You just heard a story of a guy who repented. Yep. I preached that they to repent and turn to God. He did. And prove their repentance by their deeds, which he is doing. Paul said, this is why the Jews seized me in the temple courts and tried to kill me. They didn't go this repentance thing and <laughs> because of... Because of Jesus, you know, you, 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 you prove you've repented. Right. you repentance. repented. You prove that you're now a changed person from the heart. Right. Out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. You just heard a guy saying for a long time what was coming out of his heart and what he was saying and what he was doing, it didn't jihad. He, he mentioned having a hole. Yeah. His sinful nature, just yeah. the evil one. Because of his sins, right. the evil one moved in and took him captive to do his will. And only the truth about Jesus sets you free from the trap. Right. So, yeah. well, it's and that, not like I had a hole. That's like old Johnny Ringo, you know, old, <laughs> old Doc Holliday he said he's got a big hole in his heart and he never can. <laughs> Fill it enough with hatred. And, and, he's t- yeah. t- and he said,
0: well, why does he do it? And he said, well, no, what's he mad at? And he's like, for being, being born. born. <laughs> said, being born. but <laughs> That might have been a little scary. <laughs> he said,
3: what's he after? He said, revenge. He said, why? For- revenge for what? And he said, for being born. Yeah, that that was a really well-written movie.
0: Let me just tell you this. Don't get your theology from an old Western <laughs> Yeah.
2: Yeah. but it was interesting, but I've heard that that the way he describes that that is is I've seen it in so many different i mean his was drugs I mean, I just sat down with a man yesterday, and you know his wife's been out of an affair, and it she's being driven in this way he describes it's like a hole in her that it can't be filled, and so she's looking at all these other ways. And and you describe it. It's, it's it's the sinful nature, the flesh. You know, the Bible talks about it a lot of different ways, but it does feel that way because yeah. they keep trying to put something in to find some peace, yep. to find whatever. Like he said, to find life. Or well, you know,
0: and sin. and even though he may use different tactics and different semantics, and you know, he views it as a disease. And mm-hmm. look. You know, and I, I usually, when I'm talking to people, you know, I, I zero in on choices that were made, and that's how we view it. But I'm like, anything you can do that's right, to stop doing that? Because how many times have we gone to funerals and prisons where they don't, they're in a position where they can't even hear about Jesus because yeah. they're so far down. They've lost, like, you know, Ephesians says they've lost Sensitivity.
3: Yeah, what's the uh, word, Al? Because uh, they, they, they're they yetis doing all these th- with different groups. And with us, it's the outdoor, the, the tide to the land, the backwater, the fishing. the right. run, And then we're just... Well, that's it, the it, common theme in their movies. It it's just, almost, it's me, it's almost when you're out in the great outdoors like we were this morning in the duck blind. And you're watching the ducks fly by. You see the sun start peeking above the, and it's quiet. There's no one there. There's no belligerent. There's no profanity. There's no argument. And we're all sitting there, and it's it's medicinal. Yeah. Uh, whatever you want to call it, it's uh, what's the word for that? It's uh,
2: well, it's it's
3: where it's, it's a it, lifestyle that that is is good for the soul. Well, it, it's
2: it's peaceful. Uh, it's peaceful. Uh, it's peaceful. I mean, and that's what you need. I mean, like when you're seeking something. Peace, you know, some peace in your
3: life. I'm looking at various grasses and bushes and trees and how they're growing and what they're doing. And we planted I these think five you're years.
0: Seeing the power of God through the details, and even though you may not acknowledge it, you're experiencing it—the wonders of God. I'm telling you. I mean, look. I want. I want to say this. And,
3: and there's no. Uh, what's the word? There's no interaction. That people would say we're a little bit uh, was a uh, standoffish, uh, kind of like uh, retreat, but but basically aloof. Uh, aloof. They got these words. I'm but, not but sure. Look, we're we're that, out here in the woods, and and people, if they saw how much time we spent there, they would be shocked.
2: Well, we read this verse before Romans one twenty, Since the creation of the world. God's invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, yep. being understood from what has been made. That's me. I'm so a- I think that's it. I think the idea of Jesus, right? When, when God says, Look, <clears throat> this is a revelation, the Word of God, that's one way he reveals himself. But the first way is just look, look around. <laughs> I yeah. mean, what you see and, and some of
3: the most beautiful sights oh. you've ever seen. We saw it this morning green winged teal coming down from the heavens. Just, you look up, and I mean, they're so fast. They're flying 60, 70, 80 miles an hour coming out of the sky, and the sound they make when they're doing that, well, it, it's it's jaw dropping. Well, we're, tell me we're looking at it like, whoa. Tell me, y'all, kill some. it's green winged. Oh yeah. well, shoot, that's, that's yeah. my favorite duck. It is right around my birthday. Now, we I'll always look. say if we were down there, they, I tell you what. <laughs> well, we
0: the, I went and scouted yesterday when I was had the red lights and the you know I was going to save the futuristic world in a boat. There were no ducks there. So the the one place I saw a few, I said let's go there. But what happens in duck season? is sometimes they come without warning, <laughs> with no weather. It was cloudy.
3: It was it a didn't. little cool. A little cool and a little windy. And way and more, you're surprised to see how many. and They just appear. They just appear. And it was green-winged, too. Now, having
0: said that... <laughs> You know, even You'll be there tomorrow. We shot, oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I, we're going to the teal hole tomorrow, buddy. I, was, say, I were, was gathering up teal decoys. We're hiding crying. in the bushes,
3: and that's where our faces are black. We didn't have time to come in. I mean, you know, we just drove up out there. Ran back here, you know. I I ran to the house, forgot my Bible, coming along here. To me, you know, that's the things I deal with. Where's my Bible? I said well, I got to have my Bible some more. They got a podcast down there, so these well, folks that are watching, they show, I bet you know they really get together and have discussions on what they're going to say. And you know? look, Jesus, number one, pretty well. If we just come in, tell you that, and walk out the door, that ought to so, cover it. So well, let's take let's take one last break.
2: Yeah, and was funny, We were having when Sloan, we were sitting there talking and getting ready to start the podcast, and of course, you know, they, they're like, you have meetings and pre-production, and it kind of feels mm-hmm. like the show, right, as well as the... Yeah. And then Jason's is like, well, this is the pre-production talk right here, when we basically said, here's what we're going to do. My Three best buddies, seconds later, we're wrong. <laughs> One of my best
3: buddies in school, old Bill Conley, yesterday, we would double date with uh, Bill and Jeannie, and they... Eventually, married, like me and y'all's mama. So that's what we were doing. We were dating around. He had a little old Falcon car, and uh, we'd go out, you know, and get these get gas out of the oil field. There's a certain kind of gas you put in there, you know, casing head, we call it. But we'd put it in there, you know, where we'd go a few more miles. But we just basically <laughs> rode around every once in a while. We'd go did to they movie. not have gas stations? How many times did last, you run out of gas? <laughs> and yes, a lot of times. Yesterday, he. he Passed on. He, oh really? Yep. Coronavirus. So it got him. Yeah. And uh I think Jeannie's got it too, but but uh, he, he succumbed to it. Which brings me to my point. I handed him he was a running back at uh, North Kettle where I went to high school and I handed him the ball a many times, threw him a many a touchdown pass, you know, young bucks. But uh when we talk about Jesus and alleviating the fear of physical death mm-hmm. It 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 just makes you think. I haven't kept up with him through the years, you know. I, I don't know exactly, but he always was a good man. I know that. Yeah. So it's a reminder of how real it is, right? How real I it is. I want to share this one other story. He's I, my age, so you know, I'm I'm seventy four. You know, and I'm still running wood ducks down through the brush this morning. You know, Bill, you
0: actually made one of the top three shots of the year today, and I thought for seventy four, there was a wood duck that came whistling with the wind. Ooh. I would say, I don't want to embellish, I will say that duck was traveling at least 50 miles an hour, maybe 60. He was on a downhill sail. Left to right. It was a blur, and somebody said, cut him. And by the time they said, cut him, the duck, perfect headshot, fell over here. He was flying so fast that he... Bounced off the water. He didn't feel it because the last thing that went through his head was the bullets that you fired. And I knew as I, I put steal. a shell,
3: I didn't say a word, see. Yeah, yeah. You, you, gotta, played, you got them young bucks. Yeah. I just put a shell on my gun, set my gun back up there, and I waited. And all will I tell you, one thing. that was, that was a shot. Yeah, I, didn't was any, I, I didn't want any. I didn't want of him. Yeah, it was well. A, that's the difference it was, in me and where
2: I'm at. Dad, I never would have even picked my gun up. So I don't know yeah, I don't It know, was. It was else. a wonderful <laughs> shot. But I was going to share this with another
3: member of yeah, the I, crew. I, I just swear, me and you. Why waste three shells? That's,
2: that's my point. <laughs> it's not that it's cost me any yeah. money, but it would hurt my pride to watch me miss three times. So
0: I was going to share this story because we're gonna we were going to talk about the the great commission when Jesus said, well, we will, you next know, <laughs> we will. But as a preview, you know, I noticed something at, at, you know, it was a business meeting. I noticed that the guy wasn't drinking and I asked him, I had a spiritual conversation. And when you start talking about the great commission, I think these people think you, have to, you got to have some kind of program or project, but yeah. Jesus went around and he talked to people. I'm trying to be like Jesus. So, one of their cameramen, the, kind of the lead cinematographer of this event yeah. that they're doing, well, he rode in in, uh, in my rig the first day. So we got in, I, was, I first question, I was like, oh, because he sounded like he was from the South. Where are you from? He's from Louisiana. And I said, you married? Because he looked older. And he's like, well, i got a girlfriend. Uh, Been dating her for five years. Well, when he said that, I was, he said that as I was backing out, and his buddy said, and boy, she is top-notch. So I said, five years? I mean, how old are you? And he told me, I can't remember. I think it was 28, 29, something like that. I said, what seems to be the holdup? <laughs> and he said, what, what do you mean? I said, five years? <laughs> and you're almost 30. I said, look, I'm pretty good at reading people. He said, well, you just met me. I said, yeah, and I'm making a read right here. <laughs> You've got commitment issues. The, the fellow, if she wasn't a great woman... He wouldn't have said top-not. He, he immediately responded. That's him saying what seems to be the hold-up. I says, here's what you need to do. You need to have one night of staring at the ceiling before you go to bed. You're going to be here for three days. You think about all the great things that you love about her. And I said, you need to, you said, how do I know? I know you're an artist. You need to drop that camera and experience the magic. He was just looking at me, just stark fear all over his face. <laughs> so I told Missy this story, and and she got teary-eyed. You know, she's like, "Babe, that was beautiful." I was like, "Well, I wasn't doing it to be beautiful. <laughs> I was I was trying to help him a light a fire." So early. I share that to say this: on day three, you know, we uh, yesterday we were he was filming me scouting. He was asking me questions, you know. So after we finished, he said, "You know, I haven't stopped thinking about." what you you told me. He's like, I I think I I need to do that. I said, oh, I know you do. (laughs) I said, and here's why. And I gave him two illustrations because I didn't know what he thought about Jesus' church or anything like that. We hadn't even got to that. I said, the first illustration, I said, you ever seen that movie Jerry Maguire? I was like, yeah. I said, you need to have that moment You've probably not seen that movie, Phil. But yeah. at the end, watch it on TV. Don't never, watch it at the movie version. I never even heard of it. I think it's rated R, but I watched it on TV. <laughs> yeah. They cleaned it up. Yeah. So he walked in, and his his girlfriend was like having a women's party. She was actually at, his wife because they had she? gotten married. Well, I don't but, know. But I don't, he, I don't remember all the details. But he didn't love her, right? Yeah, and they had some problems, whatever. You know, I wasn't paying attention until the end. <laughs> so look, it was a romantic I movie. Tell. I watched it with my wife. I was not interested, but at the end, I thought, "No, this is good." Yeah, it was good. He came in. That she was talking to all these women, and he just he kind of had a look, well, like if this is where it has to go down, this, uh, I'm doing this. And so Cause all these women are mad at him because he dumped. He her. basically gave her gave her a speech, which is what I told him. I said, "You need to go home and give the Jerry Maguire speech," which is this. I'm not sure what's going to happen. I don't know if we're going to afford it. Things are going to change. I use that little (laughs) illustration. There may be ups and downs, but guess what? I want to do it together with you. Will you marry me? I said, that's what I would go with. I said, and the second thing I want to share, I said in Ephesians chapter 5, I said, that's a book in the Bible. He said, yeah, I know. (laughs) So I thought, okay, well, he's read. He does know that. I said, "When, when he went through the roles of marriage, husbands, wives, he said, yeah, I've read it. I said, well, his point was, I'm talking about being married to Jesus. I said, the same thing happens. And so I share Jesus. I said, when you hear that, now you can think about should I do this or how many, what do other groups think about it? I said, but when you fall in love with Jesus at some point, you got to put down all the excuses and say, I'm in. I said, that was his point. And then I quoted 1 Corinthians 13, and he said, that was beautiful. I said, Go. "That's the second time." I you said, heard that. "Go and do it." <laughs> <laughs> good advice. So I wanted advice. to share that story because he was a part of the crew, but it was not like I invited him to church. Now, I, granted, I went out on a limb and said five years. <laughs> But I I was right, you know. (laughs) It was the right read. (laughs) So have conversations, get to know people, and find clever ways to get to Jesus.
2: Conversations full of grace and seasoned with salt. That's what he said. That's what you did. It's good stuff. Thanks for listening to the Unashamed Podcast. Help us out by rating us on iTunes. And don't miss an episode by subscribing on YouTube. And be sure to click that little bell to get notified about new episodes.